Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about committing to you from day one. Body Armor's got you and here to help you commit to your fitness goals. Buy any Body Armor products at your local store and Body Armor will give you 50% cash back to put towards your fitness journey. Now through March 31st, commit to fit with Body Armor Sports Drink. Visit www.bacommittofit.com for full rules. And shop now at retailers nationwide. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to The Nature Connection. Science, Wildlife, and Environment Radio, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey everybody, it is May 27, 2022, and welcome to Big Blend Radio's Nature Connection Show. We are airing live from Linwood, Washington, so we're a little... North of Seattle, right, Nancy? North? Mm-hmm. I think we went past the Seattle yesterday. We uh, but today, up. we went up. That's right. Yes. We're, you go up. <laughs> no matter what happens, you just go up. <laughs> Today's show is part of a live broadcast. Uh, it is, you know, we're doing a lot of live broadcasts this year because it's a part of our 25-year anniversary of Big Blend Magazine's Celebrating 15 years of Big Blend Radio right here on Blog Talk and 10 years of traveling full-time on our Love Your Parks tour. And you can keep up with everything. Go to BigBlendRadio.com. But every fourth Friday, we have Margot Carrera on the show. She's a fine art nature photographer and environmentalist, and she joins us as a co-host on Big Blend Radio's Nature Connection show. We talk about the environment. We talk about wildlife, plants, everything to do with Nature. So welcome back, Margo. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me back. I, I enjoy being on the show. I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I enjoy talking with the dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just thinking um, how well the two of you work together and how mm. well your, you know, your skills uh, are. And, you know, with uh, Nancy and her skills with the computer, which I know very little about, <laughs> and, and uh, Lisa is great at interviewing and, and mm-hmm. sharing her knowledge, which is, is vast um, because she's done so much in this area and traveled, um, both of you have traveled so much um, with the National Parks group. So thank you for including me, and um, I'm honored to be on your show. Well, thank you, and thank thank you you for being part of this, because I know you've traveled the world, too, and Mm -hmm. do so much about the environment, and the environment is a huge deal. We've got, I want to say we have Jefferson Marshall joining us um, a little bit into the show here. He's an English teacher and author of the Texas State Park Adventures book series for kids. And so he's going to be joining us to talk about all three of them. The newest one is called The Timeless Gardener. And he's been on the show before, and he's a friend of ours. Uh, well, you know, we pet sit as we travel the country, right? So we're excited. Mm-hmm. We know his cousin, Cheryl. 
and we'll see her in a few days <laughs> as we travel from the Pacific Northwest back to Lubbock, Texas. And when we met her, she said, oh, you've got to have him on the show. He does all this about Texas State Parks. And we're like, well, of course. Cool. Because, you know, part of what we do on the Love Your Parks Tour, it started as national parks, going to national parks and teaching people about the parks and connecting them to communities. But it's really, it, it's gone into every single park matters. And it's really true because it's about having space for people, but also space for the um, plants, space for, you know, all the animals and habitat. The more we don't have these spaces, the more unhealthy we are as a country and as a planet. So we've really realized, you know, you, you sit out on one goal and then next thing you know, you have to keep changing because, you know what I mean, Marco? <laughs> yeah, I do. And it's about also um, us as a society reconnecting with nature. And uh, the further you get away from it, probably the more unhealthy you become. <laughs> and uh, the more you reconnect and uh, see how important it is, the better we care for it. So. Uh-huh. It's so important that the parks are are critical, and even the community parks and the and the gardens and what have you. Uh, it's really important for us to get out and connect with nature. You know, there's also um, something we kind of slide over and forget is that without plants, we can't breathe. Mm-hmm. So, and it. I was doing some research, and it takes. 10 uh, mature adult trees for to to provide enough oxygen for 100 people. Mm. Yeah, so as we chop down trees, I mean, I know there's other plants that provide some oxygen, but trees are the major ones. And, and we're talking about mature old trees, not brand new ones that are just growing. If we keep clearing landscapes, kind of cutting off our oxygen supply, which is kind of, do we ever even think about that? No. <laughs> yeah. Or we wouldn't like, be doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting, yeah. you know, um, that do, like when we go and we're going to build, oh, here's a new bunch of tract houses. Do we think about, oh, we're going to just clear the landscape. Do we think, wait a minute, apply the oxygen. Yeah, mm-hmm. because if you plant your new trees, it takes about mm-hmm. five years to get get exactly. anywhere with them. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, yeah. So is there any kind of control over? Hey, wait a minute, people around the world. If mm. everybody's chopping down trees, who's replanting to make sure we all have oxygen? Just I was just thinking about it the other day. I researched and I was like, I didn't realize. You know, just how many trees we actually need to have. We always think of shade and shelter and beautification. Do we ever even talk about oxygen? Oh, I, I want to, I, I have to jump in there because we did a couple interviews with Jad Daly, who uh, is the executive director of American Forests. And American Forests, everyone, go to their website and look up Tree Equity Score. What they have done is incredible work, and we 
They were featured in our Quality of Life magazine, and they'll be featured in our Nature Connection magazine, which Bargo is a big part of. And here's the thing. It's really about how many trees we need uh, Mm. to create tree equity. If you look at it like a bank account, the Mm. less trees we have, the unhealthier we are. And when we look Mm -hmm. at climate change, the more trees, the better. And the right trees as well. And so they have satellite imagery showing what our tree equity score is right down to your very house. Please go to treeequityscore.com or treeequity.org, but you just type it in or go to our blend radio and tv.com and just type in tree equity. You'll find it. Or go to americanforest.org. You'll find it. Uh, Tree equity is really important. And, we find that in the more affluent neighborhoods, there is tree equity. The more, uh, the less money we have, the less tree equity. And it's also very interesting because that's also about parks, and that's something we've noticed. You travel into neighborhoods that don't have as much equity, you don't have as many parks with shade, which means you're not as healthy. Kids start mm-hmm. to have more asthma and things like that. Um, you don't have the shade you need. You aren't able to grow as much, you know, in your backyard because of not having the right shade and the right light. So um, this has really become a health issue. Trees clean the air. And so if Mm -hmm. you're in a neighborhood where there's railroads and things like that and trucks going by and you don't have the trees, you're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. And so this is why it's so important to have tree equity because they really notice that uh, it is those who are uh, underserved do not get the tree equity but if you're in the affluent neighborhood you have trees and you have beautiful parks so it's a very interesting uh dynamic so look it up look it up Mm -hmm. i really encourage people to look it up it's it's not me just spouting off an opinion it is me telling you a fact that they have from satellite imagery it is Mm -hmm. a truth and we can fix Mm -hmm. it and change it by planting a few trees and i know uh most places, I know when we lived in Tucson, we actually worked with our neighborhood um, resources like our electric companies and things like that. They want us to go in and plant trees so that mm-hmm. we don't use so much electricity. They right. want that. So they have plants that you can get on discount, sometimes nurseries. There are there are programs for you to be able to get trees and plant them. And there are neighborhood programs. And if there's not, create one. So I, I just had to kind of go off of that with what mm-hmm. Nancy was saying because there, this is the biggest solution. And what Dad Daly and uh, American Forest has been doing right now, they've partnered with President Joe Biden to plant more trees. They're part of the mm-hmm. infrastructure bill. It's really huge what they're doing, and I love following them on and the social media because they're really making a wave of positive. Yeah, it's critical, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like more trees in my neighborhood. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Well, you know, well I think it's important that you're in San Diego, right, Marco? And um, San Diego's, you know, done really good, but there are definite areas where, you know, they pave paradise. And put mm-hmm. up a parking lot, and we need to pay paradise with more trees. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we do. And, well, you know, we have this drought going on uh, down here. Mm-hmm. And um, so people have been taking things out instead of putting them in. And they, 
they've been putting more drought tolerant plants in, which is okay, but they don't consider the trees. Um, mm. So they they're less likely to put in the trees, and um, and then they were also worried about the fires because there was a big fire that came through San Diego, and mm. um, and so now uh, homes are kind of nervous having trees around them, thinking that that might they may catch on fire and Yikes. set their home on fire. But mm. I think the cooler you can keep the the nature scape, uh, the better. And exactly. It's, yeah, and cooling things down uh, can't hurt. <laughs> so, you know, if yeah. really good point really, you bring up. Yeah, go ahead, Nancy. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, it is a good point because if you go – Okay, we lived in 29 Palms. Okay, that's high desert. Mm-hmm. If you stood in the middle of the road in 29 Palms in summer and put your hands on the tarmac, you're going to get burned. That's how hot that climate is. That's how hot that that heat radiates out to all the homes. And it wasn't yeah. easy to grow a garden there you had to be careful about if you're planting against the wall that gets too much sun and things like that but we managed to have a garden and we could our personal landscape by 10 to 15 degrees it wasn't easy it took some time but it was worth it because your air conditioning bill goes down number one so you're not using as much resources you're not paying as much and it's pretty and the air is cleaner but, what you know, so sometimes we forget these major highways, how much heat we are generating with tarmac. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you also remember, you guys do pet sitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to remember that in the summertime, you can't take the pups out for a walk right. when it's, mm-hmm. you know, with the streets exactly. are so hot because mm-hmm. the little feet burn. We, yeah. yeah, we we did a pet sit last year. Um, we've done, what, almost 70 pet sits in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we pet sit. It's something we started during COVID. Well, we started through Trusted House Sitters. i got to give them a shout-out. They're awesome. This, they came on our show, and, we're like, you know, the way COVID was happening, it wasn't. we couldn't just go to a hotel all the time. And it turned out to be the best thing on the planet for us. And... You know, when when we did this pet sit in Prescott, it was the same time mm. we interviewed Jed at the American Forest, and we took little Paolo out, and mm-hmm. he's a little little dog, but we I would walk him at four in the morning, four or five in the morning, yeah. while it was nice and cool, because it was Prescott in the summer, Prescott, Arizona, and in the meantime, there were fires raging all around us. Mm-hmm. And I also oh, wow. wanted, you know, didn't want the dog to have the smoke inhalation. I didn't want it. But, it, it you know, it's a beautiful area. And they had trees. I'm like, we're in the forest. We were actually backed up mm-hmm. to the forest. And so it was really, we were watching the fire situation. But it's really true about what you say about the paw print. You've got to think, even a day that can get up to 70 degrees, what happens mm-hmm. even on a sidewalk, not just the asphalt or tarmac. Mm-hmm the sidewalk and mm-hmm. you know in in third world countries where nancy and i've lived and you know about them too you know marco most of the roads are dirt not as hot and the exactly. more you do all this building the heat mm-hmm. rises and in the desert people tend to mulch their gardens with uh i wanted to say kibble because we're talking about animals <laughs> pets 
uh, <laughs> uh, rock, you know, all this gravel. And that oh, also yeah, raises the heat. Work. So we got rid of all of our gravel, and we mm-hmm. planted plants and put mulch down with uh, composting mulch. And, yeah. you know, in the desert, it really worked. We also changed our soil with composting. I mean, we, we went to town. But we did mm-hmm. lower our – we planted a couple more trees. We lowered, you know, mm. our heat and added mm. a little bit moisture to the air. Mm. And things thrived, you know, because yeah. of, the moisture came from the plants being there. And everybody was happy. We had a full ecosystem. I mean, we had mm-hmm. roadrunners hanging up on the roof and then the <laughs> garden. We had hummingbirds. We had every everything, you know, all the mm-hmm. neighborhood animals came to our house, including – Injured coyotes, coyotes. <laughs> you know, everybody came, but, but, you know, and I remember we were doing all these well, wildlife shows and our friend Adam, who you met from Bethesda Green, you know, they were like, don't feed mm-hmm. wildlife. But he said at this point, he goes, if an injured old coyote comes to your door, you need to feed it. And we did. He, mm-hmm. We opened our garage door and the, the coyote came in. We fed him everything we could that we knew would be healthy enough. Hey, gave him mostly. water. And then he looked at both of us and peed and walked off. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he well, knew he was happy. Okay. He wasn't peeing. He was actually saying, this house is mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what he was doing. Yeah, but yeah, it was, he was like, "This is mine." But he looked right in Nancy's face, kind of like, you know, he marked her in a way, I suppose. But mm-hmm. but there's, there's this thing about um, this nature connection. We were just at our friend's house in Sun River, Oregon. She took us to a nature center, Marco, which we'll do a show on. And we watched swans and uh, mm. little squirrels that you don't normally see ground squirrels, um, but at her house, she's in a beautiful area surrounded by trees, and she does need to take some out because of fire. We had this whole conversation. She's a farmer. She's an environmentalist, but she knows when these trees are dead, you do need to yeah. take them out for fire. So there's this balance. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going back to the tree thing, and I will, mm-hmm. we, we should do a show on trees on this because I think you're really right. People are scared. We lived in Julian mm-hmm. where the fires came. We evacuated seven times in a year and a half. We know about fire. And yes, there is a way to balance your property. You don't take everything out, but you take ones that need to, and you don't not plant trees. You don't not plant. The trees are going to help you in some ways. Because, like I just mm-hmm. said, that moisture that comes in. But it was so awesome. We're at her house, and raccoons came at night. That's I mean, cool. she has the squirrels, the woodpeckers. We watched blue jays. I mean, mm-hmm. so this balance, when we talk about a nature connection, I think we're at this point that we need to look at every space on the planet, in our neighborhood, in our house, mm-hmm. even if you're in an apartment. What can you do to have an immediate nature connection? Because it will benefit you. It will benefit the animals. The more we have a concrete jungle, the hotter it's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And they need their natural habitat. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we, we, sometimes we go for the gardens and we go for beauty, but actually some of the plants that we're putting in are not natural to the area. Right, and they either take up more water, or they uh, there's no um, butterflies, there's no mm-hmm. um, birds that c- 
come and feed off these plants or um, and the ones that they're looking for aren't there. So mm. we should know what was natural to our area when we build our gardens. And uh, and I love that you talked about the stones and the versus mm. um, composting and, and not composting, you used uh, mulch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that too. And when I came to my house here in San Diego, uh, we've been here three years now, when I first came, I want to say that the soil was actually dead. I mean, mm. nothing was growing mm-hmm. and and looking very well. The things that were already in there weren't looking very well. And um, you know, when you when you fertilize, not fertilize, when you when you put um, oh, what do you call it? Um, when you spray for the bugs. Oh, yeah. Insecticide. Insecticide, thank you. Mm-hmm. When you put insecticide on your plants, you're also mm-hmm. it's also going into the ground and it's killing out the beneficial bugs in your soil that keeps your plants alive. It, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah, so, so by putting on uh, composting or by putting on um, uh, what you were doing, uh, mm. It really um, brings the soil back to life. The animals, can, uh, the bugs, mm-hmm. can uh, can grow again and help uh, the plants grow. And you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, uh, the stones aren't going to help because it's going to dry up and actually heat the land and exactly. make it hard for those those uh, bugs to live. So yeah, so it's very interesting. So now, three years later, my I was looking at my garden and it's gorgeous. It's, things are cool. coming to life and cool. Um, yeah, we we have uh, plants that actually produce fruit that we didn't even know was there. Cool, <laughs> that's awesome. So we have fruit. Yeah, we have a chiramoya, chiramoya tree. Oh, oh no way! Cool. And when we moved, yeah, when we moved in, we it looked like uh, a weed. <laughs> my husband said, "Take it out," and I said, "No, no, we'll use it for shade." And and so we, you know, we nurtured it and we mm. cut it so it would look like a tree. And now it looks like a beautiful tree, and it's awesome. producing fruit. And so wow! We did, oh how my cool. god, we almost got rid of a chirimoya tree. Wow! <laughs> but, oh, do you know what to do with chirimoya? Because I tried to cook them once. And I was trying to explain this on a cooking show, and nobody understood what I was talking about. Because I was, I was dating. <laughs> see, this is back in my dating days, and I was Uh-oh. trying. I was like, "Oh, okay. I know you eat turmoil. Let me try and make turmoil." Then I looked at it, and I have no clue what to do with that. I don't know what to do with the turmoil. And to this day, I've never because whatever I did to it, it was like when I cooked artichokes for the first time, and mm. um, did the in, every. Thing wrong, including eating the wrong part. Don't. It's not good on your digestive system. Okay. <laughs> just, so let start. me give you a lesson. Yes. <laughs> Next time you run into one, yeah, uh, you don't need to cook it. It's a fruit, and um, it's got lots of big seeds. Well, of course, you take the seeds out, and it's the meat, be- you know, around the seeds that is the fruit that you eat, and mm. it's full of nutrients and really good for you. And in Peru, they actually make chiramoya ice cream. 
Jaya is very delicious, mm. and uh, you could put it in your smoothie and, and blend it in your smoothie. So, yeah, it's really, really, really good for you. So, so boiling yeah. it in a pot of water was not the thing to do? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be like boiling your apple in a pot of water. Yeah, really. It's well, a fruit. It did, and it you stayed pretty hard. I'm going to tell you, it stayed. I just like didn't. Nothing worked. And listen, I ate the hairy thing of the uh, when I did the artichokes. I did the wrong thing, and all I got was a bunch of hair and hard things in my mouth. Huh. And I was like, No, she what was fried. That? No, 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 she no. fried. She fried the artichokes. She cut them in oh, half yeah. and, tried, and fried don't, them. Don't even don't tell no, people. It was funny. It's terrible. Like, it was terrible. That was funny. And it was more than funny. It was like, what would make you think you fry an artichoke? Well, you know, I came from Africa, South Africa, and I didn't know about these things. You know, we had different plants, you know, and different yeah. things. And so this was different. And Cheramoya, I was no, like, funny. you know, I, I was I was dating a, a Mexican gentleman, and I thought, oh, he'll know what a Cheramoya is. And then when and he came over, and quite honestly, he didn't know either. So well, they don't, they don't and come we broke from up here. shortly after. <laughs> no, but they don't. Okay. I think they're I think they're South American. They don't come from here. I know. I just yeah, you know Peru. See, this they're, is this is yeah, a big education. This is a big education of being new yeah. in this country and, and understanding, okay. But they're in they're in grocery stores everywhere and I just didn't get it. I was like, What is this? <laughs> you know It's well, an unusual fruit. <laughs> I'm going to go get one now. Too. You yeah. know, I'm gonna go get yeah, one. Yeah, and let it get a little soft. And you know, when it's hard, it's it's still too ripe. Mm. It's, it's, they it's, were all hard. It's kind of like a mango. You know, when oh. it feels, you know, when that kind mm. of softness, then you're ready to. It's ready well, to open up. I'm so glad you said mangoes. I just heard an NPR interview. Oh, was it BBC actually on NPR yesterday? talking about the mango situation in India and Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Here's the, some of the biggest producers of mangoes, and they're going down <laughs> in production 70%. Do you know, you've yeah. got to think about That's huge. cultures that eat these mangoes as part of their daily diet. Of course, they export as well. But this is a decrease because directly because of climate change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is something, you know, as we talk about nature connection, when we lose connection and this climate change part, like I'm, you know, this is a real deal. I mean, we're, we're seeing all these storms happening and heat is happening and heat does cause more winter, by the way. Um, you know, we've got to look at, if we're not connected to nature and understanding it, we're going to lose our food supply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm kind of, listen, I, yeah. I'm a mango eater. I don't want to lose the mangoes. <laughs> now we can be resilient though. I want to, I want to put a positive yes. spin on this. I heard another um, report because we, we lived up near Napa where the wine country is. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, the temperatures are changing there. And so the areas that um, used to have or are usually have the wineries are finding, you know, that some of the seasons aren't as good as they used to be. And mm-hmm. then areas uh, further north into the cooler 
sections are now warm enough to have wineries. (laughs) Yes. So, Mm. So same with mangoes. I guess we just have to find the right climate as we move about you know, the planet and plant those mango trees. Um, you know what? They're, they're growing grapes in England for wine now because of climate change. So exactly. There is, yeah. there is kind of a solution um, mm-hmm. to, the, instead of the, the big monoculture that we do, which is really pushing climate change, it's not the only factor. So don't, I don't need a thousand emails. Um, but it is a factor, and so every little bit that we can do can stave off, like, this huge shift that we're going to go through if we don't do anything. And the shift may or may not happen no matter what, but we can slow it down and make it more livable if we take steps ourselves. Now, I get the monoculture means that whatever we buy from from the supermarket, from produce people makes things cheaper feeling stuck in your current job looking for a career pivot are you a proven leader looking to step up the university of maryland's robert h smith school of business prepares students to meet challenges solve problems and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy with mba and ms programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals gmat and gre not required learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smith school university of maryland smith school of business inspired fearless unstoppable 92 percent of households that start the year with peloton are still active a year later all because of a fancy bike it's not just a bike peloton makes treadmills too Nah, all treadmills are the same our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. But in the long haul, it's really not cheaper. Because doing the monoculture makes it easier and cheaper for the farmer to harvest, which means he doesn't have to hire as many people. There's all kinds of factors, but then you have all these people out of work that we have to pay to help them survive while they're out of work. So when you look at the whole thing, because everything's connected, if you look at the whole thing, it isn't really cheaper. It just seems cheaper at the moment. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, you understand, I'm probably not saying. Yeah, it's yeah. the whole farm to farm to table idea, where the smaller mm-hmm. farms and yeah. closer to communities, and you buy from your local farm, yeah. or you grow it in your backyard. My, right. my granddaughter, I was mm-hmm. really proud of her. She told, I asked her what courses she's taking in college, and and one one of the courses that she's taking is. Um, Aquaponics. Oh, and oh, it's, oh, it's wow. an entire course for an entire semester. She's learning how to create, um, you know, agriculture through growing with uh, the fish and the uh, oh, and the wow. water and and the plants oh. and, oh, and putting them again that. and st- yeah. We just and so, cool. yeah, yeah. So and. For the first time um, that I I've heard about it, she 
she came home and started her own little garden in her back in her mother's backyard and awesome. and so I think our, you know there's some good things happening in the colleges oh, sure. there's some good things happening um in homes and with aquaponics you mm. can actually um grow things in your garage <laughs> you know you know if, you know if you I have think a, a condo or an apartment and you don't mm-hmm. have the land you can grow yeah. uh, your own vegetables in, in your garage. Well, this is really yeah. exciting. And aquaponics and hydroponics, they're, they're all very connected. Um, and, and I wanted to touch on both of what Nancy said and you said. The, the reality is we're, I think we're always going to have to have monocrops and monoculture, but it's going to die down a little bit. You know what I mean? It's going to basically there's room for everybody, and it's about balancing it out a little bit. I think we're always yeah. going to have to have farms that do mass production because I think they're mm-hmm. already there and we need to still support those amazing farmers because those farmers are feeding America and feeding the world and, and farmers around the world are doing it. So I think it's this balance and at the same time, yes, do some of your own. Support some of the, the small farmers because there's it's the same thing as cars. You can't just tell everybody right now, Stop driving what you're doing, and we're all going to hop in an electric car when we still have a lithium problem. So we we are in a um, we're in a mode of change. So you don't throw the baby mm-hmm. out with the bathwater. Period. Right. You can't. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. have to just do these micro steps. But it yeah. is the same thing we talked about gardening. You know what? Plant some. Hey, you, what is your favorite fruit? or a vegetable, can you grow it in your backyard so you can just mm-hmm. go out there and even have that activity? Because whatever you can grow in your backyard, it's a good activity for you and your kids and family, or maybe you have a community garden. There's all mm-hmm. these little solutions. You don't have to do everything. And I think that's kind of this problem we have in this the climate change and everything. It's like, oh, we have to do everything. We have to stop everything we're doing. If everybody actually just did one thing, We'd be yes. so far ahead right now. And just morph into it. And morph well, into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Easier and the aquaponics. Evolved. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's an evolution in, uh, in aquaponics. And yet we do have a ticking thing with climate change. But again, if we all just did one little thing, we could change things. Aquaponics. You know, this is so exciting. We've been to some gardens. And we I know before That's we get cool. Jefferson on the show here in a minute, we want to talk about gardens and mm. gardens are kind of like zoos have had to learn to adapt into being a show and tell entertainment zone, which a lot have. And some are really about education and, and conservation. Everybody's a little different. So don't attack me, but um, you know, animals being taken out of the wild into a cage is not really any education. It's just putting an animal into a cage but when there's zoos actually helping the wildlife in their backyard and, and then also investing into programs and helping in conservation like the California Condor Recovery Project. Mm-hmm. Zoos have been part of that. That's an awesome thing. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's been very, very successful. So if we can do those kind of things individually, like gardens are doing the same thing. Gardens are showing us demonstration gardens what can we grow in our neighborhood there's small ones there's gardens showing us what the ancient crops were 
mm-hmm. that we can grow. There are gardens showing us what we can grow that's good in the environment. And you can get involved even in, you can volunteer and learn, go to courses and learn, or you can just start trying, but go there first. And I think that's something we can all do is go to these gardens and start planting plants that go well with the environment by going to our neighborhood gardens, no matter how small those gardens are. Yeah, they're also, um, I didn't know this, but they're creating seed banks so that that, um, as plants are... um, are dying off uh, due to the global warming uh, in some areas. Um, they're making sure that they have the seeds mm-hmm. and um, that we don't lose the species. And, and they're helping people in the areas that have the correct um, temperatures and what have you um, mm-hmm. to grow these plants. So, uh, and these gardens start with that in their in their gardens. Um, so it's it's really interesting. I went to our local garden here in San Diego, San Diego, San Diego Botanical Garden. Oh, it's a beautiful had, place. Yeah, it is. And they're really heavily into conservation um, mm-hmm. in the community and abroad. Um, and they just had an orchid show. And oh. I... I was so amazed of all the species that they had in the show and mm. how beautifully they had it set up. And cool. they had a program there where you could visit um, a group. They had groups uh, who are doing conservation work, had booths there. And I met this one group uh, called Orchid Conservation Alliance. Mm-hmm. And they are literally going out to the areas where these orchids are growing and making sure that they, the habitat is being preserved and or refurbished. Um, they're going to Ecuador, Colombia. Um, wow. Uh, a lot of them in Ecuador. I'm, I'm reading off their, their list, mm-hmm. many in Colombia. Anyway, they have uh, over 3,460 acres that they're trying to protect. Um, so that we don't lose all the different varieties of orchids. And um, just uh, doing projects like that, and they're also working with the Salt Institute on global warming, uh, using some of their uh, species on 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 site, like the cork um, tree. Ah. Uh, supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to uh, bring in uh, a lot hmm. of um, carbon Um Mm. Higher, a higher volume than other trees, and and um, Salk Institute is doing a, a study on them, and they're going to have somebody from Salk Institute um, come and give a lecture, and so just things like that that these gardens are doing to help mm. in the process and turning things around. So we need to support them, and um, they're certainly supporting us. You know, I was reading this one article. I, I have to go call that up and, and get the link for you. Uh, it was talking about whenever a plant or animal or bacteria species dies, um, and I know when people hear bacteria, they go, ooh, bad, but most bacteria turn out to be good, um, mm-hmm. that when when a species dies or goes extinct, that it takes at least 30 others with it 
in the next 10 to 15 years. And mm. that's something wow. that's, yeah, that's something to think about. You know, that mm. it's not just one that goes. It's never just one. Yeah, we're because we all, we all, yeah. we're so connected to everything that everything depends on something else. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's really true. You know, I have to say, mm-hmm. I, I laughed because last time we were on the show with Margo, it was in April, and her segment, you know, she's on every fourth Friday, turned out it was Earth Day. And I emailed her before and I said, hey, Margo, <laughs> you know, it's going to be Earth Day. And she goes, I know. <laughs> I know. And then today I'm like, you know what, Margo? The show. I mean, we end up doing two live shows. Normally we do all the Zoom stuff, right? And I think this is funny because today turns out to be Rachel Carson's birthday. And, you know, I'm I'm like, Rachel Carson is like, you know, when you think about the environment and, and her book, Silent Spring, and what came from there, and the EPA came from her. And Richard mm-hmm. Nixon signed the EPA into power. He also signed the Wild Horse Preservation Act, by the way. You know, this era, we were trying to protect the environment. We knew then, back in the 70s. You know, oh, yeah. But yeah. I think what the quote I put in every day on Facebook and, and Twitter, I post a quote of the day. And, of course, I had to do Rachel Carson. It's her birthday. And we're doing the Nature Connection show with Margo today. And, Nancy, what you just said really makes sense. The quote mm-hmm. of the day is from her. She, Rachel Carson said, in nature, nothing exists alone. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Exactly true. You know, yeah. I did that whole butterfly report. One day I was supposed to write one article about butterflies and their plants. <laughs> she wrote a book. <laughs> I wrote a book. And Nancy, I think I've told you this on a show, Margo, and Nancy was just like, Lisa, you know, you, you need to get back to work. And I'm like, this yeah. is work. She's like, no, you need to get back to work. You've got ad sales to make. You need to deliver the magazines. You need to do this and, and this. I'm like, well, the bu- in the number one seller. I know. I yeah, know. That's I, I know. I published. Well, we eventually put this whole thing. I said, here's my article that was supposed to be less than a thousand words. And it turned out I did a plant report, every single plant that you should plant in the Southwest. For what kind of butterfly? Then I was like, okay, but if you're in this area, you need to plant this for this kind of butterfly. And then I ended up in moss. I got stuck out in moss land. Mm-hmm. And I found out I got I, I got so stuck into it. And But I really well, learned that if I learned that there are moth species and butterfly species mm-hmm. per, like, little microsomes. And if you took out their one plant, they're, they're going to die because that's all they eat. And then I was like, Nancy, you want me to deliver magazines and make ads? But this, like, these butterflies <laughs> will die. This skipper in this desert that's just down the street from us will die if they keep taking them out. Like, and then these, if, you know, if that species dies, there's 10 to 30 others that will die. I know. Yeah. And so she let me yeah. do my moth and butterfly report. Because <laughs> I was like, don't well, be the killer. Cool. <laughs> You're a killer if you let this happen. I'll go yeah, do exactly. double work later, but you have to let this happen. And now I don't even know where it is. But, but I, no, went, but I you took, did a good job. You did. I, I worked hard on that. It, it was mm-hmm. it was insane how much, 
you know, just mm-hmm. one little flower feeds how many mm-hmm. species and how much, like one tiny flower species in just one little zone. And you, you know, hey, let's put a house in there. I get it. We all need to live. So we have to find that balance. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Can't we just get to a point of a little bit? We do a mm-hmm. little bit. That's it. You know what I mean? Like well, just do a little bit. Nothing you know, extreme. And the poisons that we use, stop it. Just stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, stop the poison. So you build a new house. Fix the soil back to what it was. Yeah, there's going to be poisons no matter what, Nancy. And bring back the native plants. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, when I when I moved into the house, there was not a single bee in my yard, oh. so I had trouble with my first crops uh, growing. Oh. Um, yeah, so for the two years, I couldn't even grow the easiest one. Um, you know, just that that needed uh, to be. What do you call it? Fertilized by the mm-hmm. by the bee, and yeah. um, then I planted uh, basil, and the basil yeah. went to flower. I didn't. I and I. It was such a beautiful flower, purple flowers, mm. and I decided, well, I'm going to let it stay in flower. And all of a sudden, the bees started coming. Yeah. And and now all of a sudden, my vegetables are 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 growing. You know. I, I, I've got the tomatoes. I've got the you know, the um, mm. green peppers and cool. what have you, you know. And so I couldn't grow them before, and until the bees came back, and because mm. of the spraying, I guess in the, the communities here, um, they they were not to be seen anywhere. And I've never been in a community where that that. Yeah, I think there's a balance. I think when you're doing Mm. mass production of crops, you have to have some of that, you know. And I think you have that again. This balance of what can we do in our backyards? It, it, and then like you go into a park, a national park, state park, you have that balance as well. And the more we can create that balance, the better. Um, Mm. I laugh about the purple basil flowers because we were just at our friends, like I told you, in Sun River, (laughs) Oregon, and she was an organic farmer. And she's mm. retired now. And, you know, she's now in a place where it snows half the year. <laughs> like, literally, she has a glacier in her back patio. Mm. But, like, we're there at the right time. And 
she has these little plants, and every night she brings her plants back into the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's freezing half the time and not, and then sometimes it can snow. And we were there last time, uh, this time last year, and, and it snowed. And, you know, she brings things in and out, her tomato plant and whatever. And, <laughs> and last, yesterday we were out on the patio, and I'm like, oh, oh, the day before, and I'm like, oh, this is magic. It's so sunny. And I'm like, why are you bringing your plants in? She goes, trust me, mm-hmm. it's too cold now <laughs> nice. at night. You, you may yeah. be sunburned now today. But I was looking at her basil plants. She let them flower. And I'm like, Andrea wouldn't let them flower. Like she, you know, but she knows, like she needs those to feed the Receive. tomato yeah. plants. And she knows, trust mm-hmm. me, she knows how to grow anything. That lady can grow. She had the best strawberries in the entire County of San Diego. I mean, all of a sudden in California, big, sweet. I mean, she had the best strawberries, the best everything, tomatoes, heirloom tomatoes, like would just fall apart in your hand and just like, Mm. I mean, the best produce on the planet and all the lettuce you could imagine. She fed, you know, her, her produce went to like the Marine Room in San Diego, La Jolla, you know, every top, every James Beard top end Michelin star whatever she she fed basically restaurant yeah but now mm-hmm. she's, she's retired and we got to hang out with her for a couple of days which was special mm-hmm. so hi Andrea we should get her on our show and and she can give us some ideas yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's a good idea for for years yeah we can bring her back on for sure she'll oh, do she it she would love that she That'd would be love cool. that because she's really good I mean she she when she inherited the farm uh, uh she can tell you that story, but mm. she said, if I'm going to do the farm, we're going to do it organic so my workers mm. can be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she was very good, and she's still very connected to all our workers and that we're working with her, and she's awesome. And she proved it could be done, too. Yes. So now we're going to play a short clip of music, and then we're going to get Jefferson on the show because he's here. So okay, he's waiting. Good. He can't, you know, he's Jefferson, mm. Marshall. It's like, what a name. I feel mm. like I should say Jefferson. Like, it's a great name. Uh, we're going to bring him on in a little bit, but we're going to play Orchids and Waterfalls because you got to see all those orchids at the San Diego Botanical Garden. So I thought we better play that song. And everyone, this is from Michael and Spider. It's from their album, Iridescent Garden. You can get it on Amazon. So stay tuned. Uh, but everyone, go to CarreraFineArtGallery.com to look at Margot's beautiful photography. Stay tuned. Thank you.
Now that you feel all calm and cozy in Hawaii, we're going to Texas, everybody. Stay tuned. We've got an awesome guest joining us next. You're listening to Big Blend Radio's Nature Connection Show with Nancy and Lisa. You know, the crazy mother-daughter travel team on the Love Your Park Store Plus. We have our special guest co-host, Margot Carrera, who is always on our fourth Friday Nature Connection Show. And we're very excited to welcome Jefferson Marshall back on the show. He's an English teacher and author based out of Wolforth. Texas. Yes, there's such a place. Wolfworth, Texas. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But he's joining us today to talk about his Texas State Parks children book series. He's been on our show before, talking about the first two, but a third one is coming out soon. You can learn more. Go to TexasStateParkAdventures.com. So welcome back, Jefferson. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing really good. Am I coming through okay? Yeah, you yeah. are, but if you're yeah. on speaker, right, can you take it off? Because Oh, it yeah. is on speaker. Yeah, yeah. Cause I could hear myself. <laughs> I don't like to hear myself. <laughs> okay. Did he go into the telephone? Are you there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He might have turned himself off. Are you there, Jefferson? Uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But Nancy, you've been reading his latest book. I did read it. The, the, time, the Timeless Gardener. Uh, mm-hmm. The first two books he's on the show with were, uh, the first one is The Creatures of Cap Rock Canyons. The second is The Palo Duro Lighthouse Race. And so the third one is about to come out. Are you there, Jefferson? Hello. Uh oh, I think he turned his volume down. Margo, are you there? I gotta make sure you're there. I'm here. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Good. So I can I can say just having read the Timeless Garner that um it's about Corner State Park and it, it it is about the park for sure, but he's really, really good. I admire this. He's really good about um capturing the mindset of children and their relationships to their friends. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, because as I was reading this book, I mean, it's meant for children, but I'm a kid, so I could read it. And I just said, okay, that's Lisa over there. And that's her friend, Melissa over there. (laughs) (laughs) I could take, your childhood and put it right into his book. Oh, that's hello. Good. Am I? Oh, the, are yeah. you back? Cool. You're there, Jefferson. You're back. Cool. Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Am I? Am I sounding better now? I apologize. Yes. I was trying to switch no, out. No, it's fine. And... No, you're okay. good. You're good. I, and I, I, I just hung up on you, but it's okay to make sure you can come back. Okay. But you were here. 
Nancy was just comparing the timeless gardener to my childhood, so I'm glad you saved me in time before anything bad came out. Yeah, because no, because the the characters in your book are really strong, and I was as I read it, I was saying, "Oh, that's Lisa, that's Melissa." Sorry, Melissa, <laughs> and, and identifying her child, Lisa's childhood friends, within your book. Mm. So I think he did a really good idea getting inside um, children's minds. Well, I, I appreciate you for saying that. I mean, um, some of it is based off of, you know, people that I've known growing up and just mm. uh, really the desires and hopes of different uh, friends of mine and, and people mm-hmm. that I've known. So, I mean, they're not based off of anyone in particular, but I, you can't write fiction without you know, thinking back on your own life and experiences exactly. you've had and people you've known. So <laughs> um, right. I really enjoyed the song that you were playing leading up to me because it, it kind of had those doo-woppy vibes that that, <laughs> that Garner really has. <laughs> so Really? Um, I can't oh. wait to tell you some more. Yeah. <laughs> I want to awesome. ask you about this because this is something interesting about Texas, right? So, when we lived in Arizona, people would just kind of go, Arizona is just this big desert with some gumby cactus, you know, the little saguaros, and that's it. And yet we have waterfalls, and, you know, I'm still proud Arizonan, you know, even though I wasn't born there, but I lived there. And I'm proud Californian, too. Margo's here. Margo's Californian, too. Margo, were you born in California? Wait, I shouldn't say that. You're a proud Californian. Were you born in California? No, Chicago. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Oh, <laughs> don't mess with her. <laughs> don't mess with Marco. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I know Marco's family history is off the hook. Insane. Like the women her family are strong, um, and mm-hmm. so is she. So it's it's awesome. But um, you know, anyway, going back to the desert, people kind of have always think like Texas is this big plate of sand, the same as they kind of put you know Arizona in. And Timeless Gardener, I think what's great is you have a lake and. Um, you know, Marga was when she first went to the San Diego Botanical Garden and saw the uh, exhibit on all these orchids. I was like, well, you know, Zion Park. When, this is off air. Zion National Park has orchids, and Everglades has orchids. Like, mm. I don't think people would think Zion would have orchids, but yeah. they do. So, I mean, what about Texas? Do you think Texas? Do you have lakes and rivers? You have awesome lakes and rivers. You have more water in Texas than I think people realize. 
But well, do you think you have orchids? Do you do you think? Oh, oh man, you're asking the question for my for my mother in law who is all about the plants and flowers. But I'm sure. I mean, if you're if you can plant to. in in like the San Antonio Austin like region, I mean, you can. You can plant them if they don't grow naturally, but oh man, I, I just feel so bad that I can't answer for sure whether I, they're gonna, an I think orchid they're gonna is <laughs> They're gonna it's find it's me it's and, and <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have to Google this during the show because Big Thicket. We went there, and Big Thicket was on my bucket list of all parks because we went there. Was it last year, Nancy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you remember anything? Um, all I know is when we went to the Texas Hill Country, we did bring Cheryl some moss, some of that floating moss that's out there. And then when we went to Big Thicket and saw a snake, she said, do not bring that back for me. You can bring the moss, but do not bring the snake. Um, Cheryl, everybody, Cheryl and, and Jefferson are related, and Cheryl is awesome. She's a friend of ours, and um, we go see her in Lubbock all the time. But um, Big Thicket has pitcher plants. And mm-hmm. they're little carnivorous. They have Venus flycatchers and stuff in the swamps. And we went in winter, which was not the right time. But I still saw a snake, which was cool. It was very cool. But mm-hmm. um, you have carnivorous plants in your parks. Mm-hmm. So if so, you have carnivorous plants, you have to have orchids. I'm so just there. Saying. For... Okay. Texas is home to fifty. <laughs> now Texas is home to fifty-four species of orchids. Oh, see, I read thirty-six right here as I was looking. The grass pink. Okay, so we <laughs> went to two different places. <laughs> this is all Marco's fault. <laughs> so I'm looking funny. it up too. I got thirty-six species too. I got mid, mid broadcast. I'm already learning. You know that. No, <laughs> isn't that cool? Yeah, but this is great. This is great. Well, no, but see, well, here's the thing. I think we get so used to seeing the little orchids that you put an ice cube in in the grocery store, and we forget that they come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the plants that we get in nurseries and grocery stores come, they are adapted from the wild. And while we are currently in Washington State, I want you to know, Nancy, and I have done a lot of filming on what happens. to plants. You know, we went hiking in Mount Rainier in 2010 when we started our tour. It's part of actually how our Love Your Parks tour got started. We went went to Mount Rainier as the tour started and went with a friend who uh, worked in a tissue culture place of plants. Mm -hmm. And if you go look up Big Blend Mag on YouTube, you may find the original Mount Rainier video she no longer works in the same place, but she we went and looked at the plants up in the alpine. She was like, we were subalpine and then an alpine high. You know, we were way up there. And she's mm-hmm. saying, these plants will not work in your garden, but you want them. And so nurseries do all these things to make it work that you can have them in your garden mm-hmm. in the same zone. Like, but will grow in Washington State, will not grow in Margo's backyard in California. But they do the best they can. So it's still kind of connected. But it's amazing. To, I mean, when you think about over 30 species of orchids in Texas, that's pretty amazing. When we forget. Mm, yeah. They say that we, there's a 
10-acre preserve in southeast Texas that has at least eight species of native orchids. Mm-hmm. Welcome the to name this Let's get back to the stories. I know. Let's go. Let's get to the timeless gardener. I know. But this is, Jefferson, I want to go back to this because you're an English teacher, and, and honestly, Jefferson can write. Okay. So his yeah. he knows English. Well, thank you. Um, there, there's no typos or grammar issues. <laughs> and he knows kids. All. He knows um, kids. But tell, and you know kids. What what got you? I know we've talked about this a few years ago on the show. I think we talked to you when we were in Madison, Wisconsin, in the snow the last time. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're going back there, by the way. But anyway, um, and we did go back, believe it or not. And we're going to do all four seasons. But tell us a little bit about what got you started on the park adventures in uh, Texas state parks specifically for kids. Well, I think that in our last conversation, we had talked about, you know, Texans love Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 we just have a love for our states and we love to to share it. Um, and but for me, like I've always been an outdoor person ever since I was uh, a kid with my my dad um, taking me around to historical sites and then my mom um, doing the same um and and we just love to be outdoors and so it's just a passion that I've had um to share you know growing up uh being a teacher to 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 then share the thing that I I love probably way more than English is just the outdoors you know and Mm -hmm. so I I remember like when I would go experience a place I want to take that place home with me um, or if I'm not physically able to travel somewhere, I still want to experience it. And so the way to do that is through through reading. And so my desire through this is like mm-hmm. Texas is is a is a big place, lots yeah. of different landscapes, lots mm-hmm. of different flowers. Um, you said something about the desert. Yes, mm-hmm. we have that. It's, it's mainly the El Paso Big Bend region. And then you know on the cover of Garner, we've got. Uh, lakes and, and flowing rivers, and then we've got swamps and uh, ocean, That's and, cool. and you know, so there's it's such a large state, um, and I just want to be able to share like there's so much outdoor adventure to be had um, mm. and experienced, and and the best way to get um, families to experience that is is honestly through their children because I think children are far more adventurous than, than their parents lots of times. Yeah. And I so kids kids read your book and they'll get their parents to take them to the park, you know. Oh yeah. Um what you know, we were talking about climate change at the beginning of this and we can it, 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 this is not a political conversation at all. It is obviously happening and things are changing. But do you feel as a teacher and understanding kids and getting them to parks that they will understand a better connection than the, the, you know, the walls of their home? You know what I mean? That when they go to a park, they'll understand about protecting the land more than if they didn't go. Yes, I mean, definitely. You, Mm. while I was waiting and y'all were finishing up your um, first part, you used a quote, and I don't remember who you said, but you said nothing exists alone. 
Rachel Carson, yeah. Yeah, and and so I was thinking, like, you, leading up to this, you're asking, well, what's the purpose of of kids being outside? And it was less of a question of what what is the purpose, and I rephrased it as what what isn't the purpose? <laughs> because mm-hmm. everything of everything about us. Um, the, uh, the our our very creation you know we're not we're not we're not plaster and we're not pl- paint and we're not plastic we're we're living breathing organisms we are nature you know <laughs> so mm. just everything in us I, I think there's an innate desire for us to be back in nature but we get so confined sometimes in our our four walls that we forget that, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes we just need to be taught sometimes to get back outside and remember who we really are. And you don't have to convince a kid to love the outdoors once you get a kid outdoors. Right. <laughs> you, you have to convince a kid to get outside. Mm. Um, I say kid. You have to convince anyone to get outside because we get stuck in um, – you know, habitual ways. Video of, games and yeah, yeah, video games, television, whatever it is. But once you get out there, and you realize, oh, you can survive it <laughs> in some cases. Mm. Like you begin to love it. Um, and and so you get the itch to be back where you belong. <laughs> so, oh God, it feels so good. Seriously, it yeah. is. I mean, you know, Nancy and I travel. We pet sit. You know, mm. and then you know, as we travel, but we have our moments of we we document parks and public lands, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like cool. you know, when we have these days of non computers and you know, I mean it's mm-hmm. like the other day we watched pronghorn antelope. We saw oh, bald so cool. eagles, multiple bald eagles, we saw marmots, we saw magpies, mm-hmm. we saw shoveler decks, we saw uh greaves. We saw I mean I could go on and on in one day what we saw and the adventure mm-hmm. was so big. We were all three of us, uh, Nancy and I, Andrea, our friend, children in a candy store, mm-hmm. and we didn't want it to end. And by the mm-hmm. time we got home, we were all, like, pooped. We're done. But we just were like, but wait, the raccoons could come. <laughs> back yeah. Back we were all like, dude. You know, so it's like when you have that excitement and adventure, and I think as adults we get so spiraled out. But I, I want to ask you this. Um you're a teacher, and obviously Texas has had a, a really sad event happen, um, mm. and I just can't even imagine what everyone is going through with that, parents, families, loved ones. I mean, it's just, it's traumatic. Yeah. And and kids mm. and family, and you're a teacher, and we, we're friends with many teachers too, and and going to school, it's become a very scary kind of thing. And I wonder about the solace of nature for families, and also because kids are kids going to let me just put this the reality is kids have to have some kind of element of fear right now in regards mm-hmm. to the climate change thing is scary. I know we've done interviews with kids on it that they're scared and they're taking action, but there is an innate fear of what's going on in the world mm-hmm. and you can see it because of all the wildfires and extra hurricanes and tornadoes, etc. And obviously there's wars going on too. It's kind of a scary let me just put it scary and I know you're a new dad, so 
I don't want to put pressure on you as your oh, teacher, no. etc. <laughs> but I mean, being a kid right now is not like what when we all went to school, right? Let's just put it that way. So, how do you feel about nature? That importance of going into nature for kids and families right now. Well, if I can, you you mentioned what's happened recently. the 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 setting of this park, Timeless Garner Garner State Park, is twenty miles down the road um, from 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 where that occurred this past week. And so, leading up to this and thinking about that, like as a teacher, as as somebody who just loves that area and loves the people in that area, um, my my heart is hurting. For 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 those individuals and um, you know it's just something that kind of shook us again and and just a horrible tragedy and so I just want to say like you know reaching out prayers as as we all are towards them mm. and and it is a it's a giant question like what mm. what is nature's role in 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 all of that and 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 how does solace in nature like bring comfort um it's just a huge huge question um and and so this is kind of stepping away from 92 percent of households that start the year with peloton are still active a year later 92 percent because of a bike not just bikes we also make treadmills and rowers oh let me guess for elite athletes only right nope it doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals 92% 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Bike, Tread, or Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Um, kids in particular, but just adults as mm. well. Like, when, whenever, whenever... I have a time in my life that I just don't know where to go or where to focus. Uh, my my wife always tells me, hey, you need to leave the house and go camping for a day or two by yourself. <laughs> um, and so, and that's time for me um, to, to kind of refocus my thoughts and mm. to just spend some time with, with, with God and to, to just kind of be in, in, in his creation. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm only seeking answers there um, or if answers don't come and sometimes that that hurts too much. Um, But I know that's part of the reason that he gave us um, water, you know, and, and the trees and, and, and the birds whistling in the trees, like to be surrounded by all of that is kind of like healing in its own mm-hmm. right. Um, and it's always been that in my life um, to get away and to be in nature and to maybe not know the answers, but, but to know um, that there's comfort there. Um, 
there's yeah. there's so many there's so many songs about like you know just going to to the river and you know it, these regrets or these feelings or these emotions just kind of like letting them be washed away like a like a balm and so that's kind of what it's always been for me is um, nature's it's healing in that regard yeah, you know, there's always this kind of thought that we're supposed to control nature. No, yeah. Rather, <laughs> yeah, than, I know, yeah. The, the, rather than live within it. And, yeah. you know, personally, my viewpoint is when we start to live within it, we will then not be so violent. Mm. Nature can be violent. I mm. mean, if you watch a lion take down an antelope, that's not exactly pleasant. Or yeah. a hurricane. Yeah, there's things in nature that does what it does, yeah. but we're so, we're the experiment. We're supposed to have the mindset not to do it, and we, you know, like guns and things like that, and all the stuff that happens in our society, we knew better long ago not to do it. Mm-hmm. I just, that's why I brought it up, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Jefferson, it's just. I don't know. No, it it is. It, I mean, it's just it, it's what's happening now, and I feel yeah. like the more we go into nature, the more we experience the awe. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about, going out there where mm-hmm. you have the mm-hmm. awe, where you watch. Yeah, Rachel Carson was right. I went mm-hmm. through. You know, I'm reading everything she's done. You know, and that quote was like, "We're not. A, you know, there's no one." person you know there's not one species there's everybody a bee relies on the flower for the pollen Mm -hmm. same as the butterfly the birds what the nectar and everybody has this it's all symbiotic right and Mm -hmm. and it's the same in human beings you don't have a business without another person you don't have a teaching without teaching kids you know you can't teach without somebody there nothing an artist can't have art without a viewer you can have art, but if it's just sitting in a room, who cares? You know, that's good for you, but the art is not an art until someone sees, ooh, there's an art. Or appreciates it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this, this symbiotic thing, and I think the more we retract from nature, the less we have that symbiosis. And I love mm-hmm. to use that word because it's my favorite thing when I learned in biology in school, like <laughs> symbiosis. <laughs> And then, like, how we all, like, the mistletoe and the birds and how the mistletoe and the trees worked. And then exactly. sometimes it wasn't good, you know. And how everything played and worked together was, like, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, this is the most perfect time to talk about how we work together. Mm-hmm. And nature provides that. You know, saguaros are in bloom right now in, Sawa- in Tucson. And so our national park, and if you don't have those blooms, you don't have the bats being fed, the flickers aren't mm. being fed, and you know it's that and thing. they're not pollinating. Right. So not give pollinating us an example. The next generation of cactus. So cactus. Jefferson, give us an example yes. of in, in is it Gardner Park, right? This Gardner. Gardner G A R N E R. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give us an example of symbiosis there between a plant, like, or an animal or something of nature, like, in, in, of humans, right, going into the water. That's a symbiosis in a way. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I guess when they built, when they, 
when they built Garner, it was in 1935, and it was part of the Civilian Conservation Corps. And so <laughs> it's always mm. funny, even when I'm there, when, when they constructed it, they um, used the natural limestone uh, mm-hmm. shelves that they had in that region to build most of the building. So even when you're like, as silly as it sounds, even when you're on the dance floor, that dance floor was made in, 19, in the 1930s with limestone from that area. So, so you just feel more connected to nature knowing like, oh, wow, they, they're still using the resources that they had around them to create these wonderful um you know, man-made settings as well, but I don't know. Mm. I just, you're asking that question about um, the symbiosis of nature. And it's like, I, I don't know. There's just something about floating on, on the river and mm. I'm kind of distracting or I'm kind of pushing everything out and just watching the nature around me. And, and everything's kind of at peace. Like I'm not telling my wife, but uh, far across on the opposite bank, you can see a snake, on the on the surface of the water i'm not telling her that part but you know i'm watching the snake <laughs> and it's just there and it's a part of the ecosystem and then you you see like the squirrels above you and oh i'm sorry yeah continue. it's so no yeah. okay so g- getting rid of the four walls and the roof the ceiling. yeah right yeah. okay so where we began out in nature so we're going to just in my mind going back home and trying to be comfortable with it, okay? Now, I'm very comfortable with it, but mm. not everybody is. If, when you get rid of the four walls and the ceiling and you go outside, even through the night, with maybe a little campfire because that's a little bit of protection or warmth mm. that you probably need. But there's... And for there's, marshmallows. You, yeah, there's yeah, there's um, some for some people it's scary. For others, it's I'm coming home. You know, mm-hmm. um, everybody's different. But Ooh, I would encourage different. everybody to give it a try more than once to become comfortable with you know a camping, stay overnight outside, listen mm-hmm. to the wilderness. Good. There's songs at night, insects, mm. birds. There's songs at night. I don't know. It's and it's beautiful. You you got a good point, Nancy, about give it a try more than once. Yeah, because people are afraid of nature. But this is the thing, and and I'm not doing a, a PR thing for anybody. But cabins and campgrounds. If you're not used to camping, cabins are great. There's mm-hmm. glamping. This luxury camping is a way to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you stay there in that way. Um, mm-hmm. RVs, obviously, and everything. I just, please learn how to drive them. I'm just saying as a person driving on the road, I'm just going to say that. Like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Half of you yes. out there. I'm just going to put it that way. It's like, can you, can you go Dude. take a course? But anyway, um, you know, I'm just being real. You guys, I'm seeing so many RV crashes now as the sales of RVs go up. You guys need to take a course. Um, as those I don't, don't think know. it's a driving. I don't think they're logical. I don't think. No, no, I, I don't know. I don't drive. know. But there's there's courses to be had, and just do them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I'm going back to like I think you don't have heavy. to go. You don't just the glamping. We have friends who have 
glamping resorts who have everything to tent camping to all of that, RV places and whatever. And they've all said that glamping was a way for people to start. And then Mm -hmm. next thing you know, they went and they said, screw the glamping, we're going dirt. We're out in the dirt 100%. That's so much So it was kind of a stepping stone, which is really nice to see. So you can do that. And, And really, it's so magical once you get out there like I know like when we're in Sun River to see the stars like really see the stars at night yeah I mean it's mm. mind-blowing and uh, Jefferson isn't that a huge deal I mean in your books you talk I mean the three books for kids to be outside and even understand the stars mm. right and yeah. geology yeah and yeah and so that was the purpose of of the series was what you were talking about. The state parks were invented in Texas and around the nation to, to, to give people that opportunity and that segue into nature. But, but the best thing has been, I mean, I've enjoyed writing the books, but as a teacher, when someone has read my story and then they come back and tell me, we went there afterwards. <laughs> what I've heard, I've enjoyed That's most awesome. stories from from kids about like, you know, we decided to hike the lighthouse trail, which is in the second book, and uh, we <laughs> we should have. They t- they always say we should have taken more water, but we made it, um, and we were tired and exhausted by the end of it. Um, cool. But our but our son said. Like he was, you know, he was done. He was exhausted, and we thought he didn't enjoy it. But then he said, "When are we coming back?" You know, <laughs> or or um, when I took a group out recently to Tap Rock Canyons. I say recently; it was back in November. Um, we took a group of about um, ten kids and and parents, um, and along the trail we saw a, a baby rattlesnake that had not grown its rattle yet. Which, if you know anything about uh, rattlesnakes is very, 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 very uh, venomous, and that one will kill you faster than the adults will because it can't control them, <laughs> you know. And so for them, you know, the terrifying, terrifying experience. Mm-hmm. But we're like, okay, stay back, and you know, for them, scary, but they can't wait to go back into nature and and see stuff like that again. So that to me is the moments I live for and and have enjoyed with the series is. Um, Every adventure looks different. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've written three little silly stories about kids going out into the outdoors, but the adventures mm. are so much more, It it's their own. Like, they've read the book, and now they're going out, and, mm. you know, they've seen something for themselves. Oh, that's what I live for, because I get to tell them, cool, like, go, go have more of your own. You know what it is. Like, you know what it's like. Any wonderful adventure in the outdoor, I feel like, requires um it requires determination and 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 grit a little bit because you are going to get you know scratched up by something along the way or if you're in a river you're not going to realize that river's current flows quicker than you thought it might and so Mm -hmm. you know you you've got to have determination but there's also humility and so I, I like it when kids come back with their own stories. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they're reconnecting with who we were yes, and yeah. still are when we take the time to, to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes, like, we go back to the river um, in uh, sports mode with dinghies and uh, yeah. <laughs> river rafting and all that. 
Okay. And that's awesome to a point. But, um, you know, because now we made a sport out of doing something we used mm-hmm. to have to do to mm-hmm. survive. Like we had, we had to know the rivers. We had to know, you know, when the storms are coming. We had to know all these things about nature, which we, over the decades, have separated ourselves from and built houses to keep ourselves safe. And from. our cars know how to do it instead yeah. of us. Yeah. You know, so to to reconnect with who we really are. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Where we came yeah. from, you've got to start with nature. I, I want to go to Margo. As a photographer, you know, here Jefferson is as an author and English teacher going, hey, I'm going to now spread this part, you know, getting kids involved. Is it a similar path for you, Margo, in your photography? Um, my photography, I, I have some things that I uh, photograph that I think uh, go well in children's rooms so that they can enjoy enjoy them in their room and a lot of those are more of the animals um that are out in nature mm-hmm. and um people collect them they put them in the nursery the children's room but i i just want to i've been sitting here listening um uh, and i just keep thinking wouldn't it be wonderful if if you could do a group um overnight, you know, in one of your parks and, and the kids could get your books and read your books and uh, for the kids that went through this horrific event. Um, I don't know. It just keeps coming to me and, and I, I I can see you all around a beautiful fire and and mm. people getting to talk to one another and, and uh, maybe some guitars out there singing and just some massive healing going on out out in the in the mm. park here where that occurred mm-hmm. um, just putting it out there you don't have to do it <laughs> no, no, no that's a, that's a <laughs> great idea though no, because you know when people hurt each other then other people step in to heal yeah because yes. that's humanity yes. and it's it, gives you mm-hmm. reason to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. When when I write a story when I write a story about a place, like these are actual places and these are there are actual people that, that live right. here. Um mm-hmm. and so 
I kind of I tie myself to that place, and so oh. I I definitely see a future where, um, I mean a time frame I don't know, but I definitely see a future where, you know, I want to be in that area, and yeah. you know I want to be doing things at that park because it's a, it's a place I love, and you can't love mm. a place without it, and parks specifically you can't love a place without loving the history and loving the people there mm. um and this place wouldn't exist without people yeah um, exactly I mean, it, it, the it natural does. the natural landscape would but like people yeah. came here and gathered here way back in the 1930s yeah. um and and their stories um of this place throughout the past hundred years of people gathering at night um, from all around the region to dance together. That's one of the large things about Garner is underneath the stars throughout mm. the summertime, there's, there's singing and there's dancing. And so mm. um, I, I desire mm. to be tied to this community. And, and like you're saying, I hope I get the opportunity to um, in the future as you know, this book ends up in the bookstore or um, people enjoy it to, to get to be a part of that community in, in ways I can and share that love and that passion for, mm. for the outdoors there. And so, yeah. no, I really appreciate that. I, I don't, I don't take that responsibility lightly of, mm. um, I, I, I feel very attached, um, to these places I write about because yeah. the, these are lives. This, this is mm-hmm. nature. These are lives. So, and, and yeah, retreats, retreats can be so healing, even um, not just nature, but just being on a retreat and being together. And then, uh, uh, like you said, dancing under the stars or, mm. or singing by a fire or, or s'mores, or what do you call those? <laughs> and and yeah, you know, there's, there's a there's it, a feeling like, you know, you know, Nancy and I have been through a lot of things, and yeah, Nancy <laughs> lost her brother to gunfire, yeah, the murder so. murdered in gunfire in in Florida, <sighs> and mm. you know we've been robbed by gunpoint. I've had a guy put a gun to my head, um, and it takes time to heal from this and it's going to take time even you know what you're talking about is is hugely important Margo and it will take time and it will take time for those things because you have so much PTSD afterwards that I can't even I can't it, and it comes in different waves and, and stages mm-hmm. and it just takes time and it's community and, and for I think Jefferson, your book is reminding people of what is there. Mm-hmm. You know, the park being 20 minutes away it reminds people there there's solace to mm-hmm. be found and a place of safety. Because I know when that guy had a gun in my head, then mm-hmm. I was scared at every stoplight I went to because I realized anybody could get into my car and have a gun in my head. Mm-hmm. And it freaked me out for a very long time, but now, like anybody does that, I'll kill him. But, <laughs> but um, no, I mean it though. It is a. It is going to take time for the fear that comes after this. Mm-hmm. Is in so many different 
ways. You're scared that it could happen again in your own home. It could it's 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 such a violation. So mm-hmm. when you realize that that kind of thing can happen, your whole world is 100% upside down. And nature is one of those places that once you go out there and you realize nature hugs you back, she does. I recently mm-hmm. got really sick. I had a, a really big asthma attack. Went outside, and nature literally healed me mm-hmm. just by a breeze of good, clean air. Nothing else helped me. Medicine, none of it. It was just sitting outside, helped me. Mm-hmm. And I went, God, it's all I needed was to be outside with nature. Mm-hmm. And and I really believe that. And so that what your books do, getting kids back into nature, because you have, whenever you go in nature, you learn some piece of confidence. Like you were saying, you're, the river's going to be higher than you thought. You were talking about that. It's Everything will throw a little challenge at you. And when you mm-hmm. step over that challenge, mm-hmm. you're going to get better. You have but, to take action. You can't sit at home. When something traumatic happens, you're going to be upset, and the fear comes back. And the longer you sit there, the longer the fear stays, and the quicker you take action and go and start doing. I had a friend, when I had that gun at my head, I had a friend make me drive to his house in the middle of the boonies, and I had to go through a bunch of stoplights, and I freaked out. I mean, I almost peed my pants, and I'm going to say I probably did. By the time I got to his house, him and his wife had a meal. They're like, you made it. And I was like, I did. And Mm -hmm. this huge happiness came over me. Like, I did it. Like, okay, it's not going to be like that every time. But you don't forget what Mm -hmm. can happen, right? So um, Mm -hmm. all I'm saying is everyone's going to take their steps of healing as they can. There's fear. The best way to overcome fear is to take an action step. And if you can go into nature, you're going to get your confidence because you're going to have to look, is there a snake? Is there a butterfly? You're going to start to see the wonders of the world, intricate wonders. And that's the beauty, too. So I think what you're doing is so important. And now is 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 now. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, think, I think it's... Uh, I, I named it the timeless gardener. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And, and, <laughs> and so I, there was purpose to that. I've always loved. Um, I just went blank on the name. A river runs through it, and and there's a quote. Free, 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 holy. I want to say <laughs> yeah. I kept saying it the Frito chip, but anyway, I called it the Frito. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a. There's a quote at the end of it about like words being written underneath the the rocks and and the mm-hmm. words are are like have been there since the beginning of time, and yeah. so whenever I think of yeah. this Freer River, I think of you know they built the park in the 30s, but that river's been there for who knows how long, and and I think of all the things that nature has seen and all the life that has occurred around. Yeah, you know that that place, and so um, it kind of that that brings me humility. Of like, it's been around a whole lot longer than we have, and the, and the things that River has seen, and you mm-hmm. know, people who have fallen in love and 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 grown old together, and and there's just so many stories and so much 
music and magic and life that's occurred throughout time that I don't think I just wrote this for kids. I think I wrote this for everyone no, this time it, But mm-hmm. if, if you go out into nature and you're sitting by a waterfall or a pond, and it doesn't really have to be like you have to be at the biggest waterfall or the greatest no. this or that in nature. If you can clear your mind and just sit down and block out the Western, when I say Western, I mean society, you can block out that and just hear what's there in front of you. That's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And if you can do that, then when you come back to the Western world or the Eastern world, wherever you live, when you come back to the the human side, you can think better. You can mm-hmm. you can see things clearer, in in, in not in just your business landscape, your household landscape, but in the landscape of nature. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm not even just saying Earth. I'm saying because there's other worlds. Maybe I don't know. Dude, Nancy's beaming up. <laughs> no, <laughs> just. Well, you don't know. Do we know? We yeah. really don't know. No, we don't. I, we, we don't. So I'm not going to go, there isn't, because I don't know. I'm not going to say there is, because I don't personally know. Possibilities are possibilities. But just to be open, guard yourself, be open, and just for just to relax and take. We put so much stuff on our shoulders that doesn't need mm-hmm. to be there on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes you just need to go outside, close your eyes, mm-hmm. and hear the birds singing. And I, sometimes I, you know, I hear birds singing. I'm like, I wish I was you. I'd just want to go up to the tree and sing and not have all this other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all... They have their fights too. I mean, because they, well, you know, I know. their appetite's then, been taken away. No, it's insane. So. If you get there, then you find out they got as much stress as we do. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't they know. Do. But just to relax sometimes and enjoy nature, soak it in, let it breathe, and be one yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Even reading your book. Um, can take them away from stress, mm-hmm. you know, because you're putting them in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, you're transporting them, their their minds, and, and taking their minds away from maybe what's going on locally and mm-hmm. um, bringing them to nature with your books. And, yeah. And exactly. I use, yeah, I actually used that this, this week. I had to have a, an MRI. I don't know if people... Oh have had to do that but this was um my head was like had this box over it and then they put oh. me in the machine mm-hmm. and I could hardly mm-hmm. breathe and I'm and I'm sitting there you know I'm not ca- claustrophobic but I was claustrophobic and mm-hmm. so what I did what I did is I transported myself to nature mm-hmm. I said I'm not going to sit here and worry about whether I've got enough oxygen. I'm going to take myself to a lake 
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Bike, Tread, or Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better... You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. And, I, and it was getting hot in the, the MRI, and, I was, and I'm going to go for a nice swim in this this crystalline clear mm. lake and mm. and I just imagine myself being in nature and how mm. um how beautiful it was and uh, so yeah it was it, you transport people either through your mind or or being there yourself or through your books right mm. I love that Margo you're so right because books stimulate you, and you have a story, and with a book you carry on with the characters, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's what's so great about your characters, Jefferson, is that you know kids are going to identify with the characters, whether it's with them themselves or their friends, and so that mm-hmm. gives them a way to keep moving forward, you know, and create that dialogue. Okay, now I'm mm-hmm. out in nature. I don't know if you can hear. I, what, 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 I was wondering what that was. I'm like, I hear well, it's getting noisy and indoors, so I thought I'd go outdoors, but the wind's blowing and the birds are singing. Yeah. That's awesome. It's all good. But, yeah, Jefferson, Sorry. I mean, do, you, do you feel that with the characters in your books, that that's something that kids can connect to and identify and kind of build off of as they grow? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, these characters are growing and, and I'm kind of, as an author, you kind of learn about your characters the more and more you write about them. So I, I, I'm kind of learning more about who these people are in their own right. And um, from, from the nature side to keep talking about places in Texas, but I'm also equally excited to see where these characters go. Um, and so I already have in mind, um, a special moment from when I was growing up is when I would be able to go um, into nature with my granddad. And so I'm excited for, um, you know, we're here talking about number three, but for number four to be a story very much about a um, a grandchild and, and a grandfather. And so mm. I'm excited to share that dynamic because I feel like that's a very important one as well. So, <laughs> so, cool. so tell us about this. This one out now, book number three. When is it out and how people? How can people get the timeless gardener? Well, I, first I have to apologize because it was supposed to be out, you know, a month, maybe two months ago. But uh, like you mentioned earlier, I, I have a, a one-year-old daughter, and so <laughs> she she is a handful, and so it's taken longer than I expected to to get uh, Garner out, but. For, for good reason, because, you know, I've been getting to know her. But uh, July, um, and and hopefully 
July 1st if, if I can shoot for it, but it will definitely be out in July of, cool. of, of this year, so within, within the next month. Um, and it'll be available on Amazon and uh, on my website as well, TexasStateParkAdventures.com. And everyone, right now, you can still get the Creatures of Caprock Canyons. You can get Deep Palo Duro Lighthouse Race. So book yes. one and two. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm still coughing. Um, the te- go to TexasStateParkAdventures.com. That's the website. And he's also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Jefferson, it's so good to have you back on the show. And mm-hmm. I think it, it's, it's kind of timely, don't you think, that this is how it ended yeah. up? Yeah, yeah, it keeps yeah. happening. Um, I released the first <laughs> one during during uh, COVID, and so the same month I released my first book is when all the state parks shut down. So, so um, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, and that was two years ago. It's kind of how uh, I feel like they kind of show up when they need to be, and so this is the time for this one, and um, I'm I'm holding on to that. So. Uh, I hope that it, it does bring adventure into people's lives and bring fond memories and and uh, and and peace as well. So. Well, I have to say I'm an right. adult and I started reading it, and I read the whole thing. Well, I had enjoyed it, and I was like, okay, I, okay is, is this an adult book or a kids book? And it, it, I I loved it. Oh, cool. Well, hopefully, uh, I think a good book you can't tell either way. <laughs> you know? I was like, okay, yeah. you know, this is okay. This is written for kids, but I was like, no, this is actually. And I wouldn't. I would. I think parents should always read books mm-hmm. before the kids do, and they will enjoy it. And then they can have a discussion when both parties have read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's they have something, yeah, they have something to something identify to with, which opens avenues to further conversations. Just saying. Yep. Good. Margo, mm-hmm. you have really good bird life going on in your garden. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank that's you. They, they, they want to be on the show, I guess. I think. I mean, I love it. I love it. I love but, it. It's cool. Any, any Anything before we go, Margo, Any. Any questions or comments for Jefferson or anything? No, I just uh, uh, honor what you're doing, Jefferson, and keep it up. And uh, and uh, yeah, retreats are in your future. That's all I have to say. I think so too. I think so. I think mm-hmm. well, I think so because it sounds wonderful. You understand how to connect with kids and families, right? And so I think Marco's really on the same. She's right. And it's not just, you know, the time with Garner and those regions. And, by the way, we did get to a park in the t- in the hill country. We went to two state parks. Oh, good. Um, Which ones? We went to Lost Maple. Yes. And then we, <laughs> yes. Were, in, we were in cowboy. Ca- Listen, there are real cowboys out there. Like, yeah. We, we, we were in Bandera. <laughs> and we were photographing the lighthouse and a bunch of cowboys drove by like really like it drove was like by they rode in the park no lot. they weren't tracks but they were doing they were cowboys they were real cowboys like seriously like, ooh, it's real. cowboys it's the cowboy capital of the world it's they they were there and i'm like nancy look and she's like it's cold i'm like no look out your window look it's not cold anymore <laughs> it's not 
<laughs> like, look, cowboys. It got a little hot around the collar. <laughs> there were like a lot of cowboys. But um, and then we went to one, I think it was like, oh, it was outside there. Outside oh. of Bandera Hill, it, it, Texas Hill, I don't know. But it was, we went to two, and it was right after that big freeze in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, not the recent one, but the one before. Anyway, yes. And the, everybody was scared that nothing would grow, and we found all kinds of little wildflowers, little ones yes. were popping up. Nature the, is resilient, you know. It was amazing. Said, <laughs> the native plants will come back, and they did, and mm-hmm. it was amazing. You know, we just the whole country is beautiful. It really is, and they have a lot of wineries out there. But we didn't even go to those. <laughs> but but we didn't yeah, do that. Right. But <laughs> but where we were staying was a, a vacation rental, which is now sold, unfortunately. But we were out there, and they had all this all this wildlife that came into the yard. And so one day, mm-hmm. we're supposed to do all this running around and tourism stuff. And we just sat there. We're like, there's so much nature and so much bird life that we just sat there all day long. Mm-hmm. Watched the awesome. butterflies and all the buck and the animals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're like, we're That's not leaving. Awesome. It was beautiful. So anyway, Texas is beautiful and diverse. So go to Jefferson's website again, everyone. TexasStateParkAdventures.com, and also keep up with Margot's amazing, beautiful work. And listen, she talks about wrapping yourself in nature, whether it's in scarves or in your house. Mm. Go to Carrera Fine Art Nature Photography. Oh, there's Carrera Fine Art Nature Photography.com, but Carrera Fine Art. Gallery.com, right? Mm-hmm. Am I getting it right, Margo? Carreraflineartgallery.com. There we yeah. go. So go there, and then we're going to close now with the song because this is a song from our our uh, our late friend Jimmy Essien oh. from the Tall Men Group. Bummer. And I have to play this song because he would love this right now. Mm. And this is called Uncle Remus Tales, and we always play it when we do nature shows and kids shows and mm. you know and this just makes sense today so cheers to you jimmy up there yeah and here it is uncle Love remus tales so everyone thank you for joining us thank you jefferson thank you margo thank you thank so much you. for having me here it is uncle remus tales Come home from work I was already in bed Mama fixed him a plate I'd stay awake Cause I knew once he was fed He'd climb them stairs Open the door to my room With a pat on her head He'd sit on the edge Read me a story or two About Brother Bear And Mr. Cricket Old Brer Rabbit loved jumping in the thicket And Brave King Lion Saving Sister Cow They lived together in them would somehow Every time Without fail off into dreamland I'd sail 
Silver and gold? Oh my! Find your love language at JCPenney's Valentine's Day Jewelry Sale. Enjoy dazzling deals with your JCPenney credit card and coupon, like up to 70% off jewelry and up to 60% off modern bride rings. Plus, say yes please to $25 diamonds and gemstones while they last. Happy Valentine's Day. JCPenney offers valid on select styles through 220, subject to credit approval. Yes please jewelry excluded from coupons. Other exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Mm-hmm. 